All right, what's up, everybody? Clint Esposito here with the Clint Esposito Show. We're going to talk to a fellow two-wheel enthusiast, also a fellow comedian, actually a much better comedian, uh, Jared Harris. Give it up. Man, Everyone is at home very, clapping. Oh, it's very subjective. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is after every show, like somebody will come up and be like, oh my God, you were so funny. And then they'll be like, uh, they'll look at the other person and be like, oh my God, um, keep yeah. keep going. Keep yeah. <laughs> you were good too. <laughs> <laughs> how about when your friends first find out that you're going to do comedy <laughs> and then they're all just like, I'll tell you if you're good. <laughs> like everybody's well, like, heard a joke always, so they're an expert <laughs> they want to see it's, it's funny because they always kind of secretively want to see you fail oh yeah <laughs> is that a secret or is that <laughs> definitely a secret because like I figured that out after I started comedy back in fucking like I don't know 2000 I think it was 2000 um, yeah I, I would have like people that I never really talked to that much they would want to come out and I'd be like man I think y'all just want to fucking see me fail. <laughs> yeah. And then they get mad when you tell good jokes. They're like, damn. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, dude, this is part of it. Like, it's just human nature, I think. Like, everybody, um, I think the cool thing about comedy and comics is, like, um, we have, um, I mean, we all have issues, right? Like, there's some something, something going on, right? We all, we're all a little defunct somewhere. It, we're, we're either jumping motorcycles or bikes or, you know, well, we're all trying to do something. That's what I was going to say. It's the same thing with the, our other side of our lives, which is bikes. There's something wrong with everybody there as well. I mean, 100%. <laughs> uh, like it's, it's, it's a, just a form of like risk taking. Like, um, so I feel like there's a lot of similarities with like, um, uh, moto mtb like bmx like it's it's there's always like this um i don't i don't know if it's just we weren't loved enough as kids or what like if we were neglected or what but it's like i feel like we all try to like overcompensate somehow whether it be like with stand-up or it be with like i'm gonna jump a fucking you know, whatever, right. <laughs> like I'm about to risk my life on this thing. Yeah. I feel like there's something there. You're so right. I, I realized I'm not good with actually like talking to people or anything. So I've always tried to be good at stuff so that <laughs> You're I didn't. You're perfect for comedy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is what I figured I would try to, uh, I figured this out re recently that I'm like trying to do things so that I'm like cool and I don't have to actually have a good personality. Dude, <laughs> here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say. Like, uh, I know, would you probably experience this? And first of all, I will just apologize because I work seven days a week. Like, uh, I, I've already drank two margaritas, so, you know, it is what it is. But at least you know you're getting the true me, which is you always get the Excellent. true me. Um, however, I feel like um, you know, I don't know, dude. I feel I feel like we, yeah, I feel like we're compensating for something, and um, we're never comics are never, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this is everybody. 
but I feel like most comics are not, we're not good. Like if you go to a party and you're like, let's say you're with a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, and she's introducing you to other people. And then, and, and it's like, it's always weird because whenever they say, Oh, you know, uh, he's a comedian or whatever. It's like, they expect you to be just like on, yeah. like you're fucking, I don't know, Johnny on the spot with jokes and stuff. But I feel like the best comics are usually very reclusive. In, in Uh-oh, at least I know I'm famous. Like I don't want to draw attention to myself in public because I'm always like I'm so used to just getting attention in general, like on stage, that you don't want to have any attention. Really, you just kind of want to be kind of left alone, or at least I don't know. How do you feel about that? I like to talk at people when they're not available to talk back to me. So that way my opinion (laughs) is the only one that matters. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's I mean, that's I mean, I I really think so. Because like we, we really think we're like smarter than everybody. But (laughs) did you not feel that way in school when you're in? No, I was terrible in school. Um, there was a point after school, I would say, where I felt like my brain was moving too fast for everything else around me. I've yeah. since I've since smashed that out of it and smoked it okay. out of it. But at one point, when I was young and my brain was fresh, I was yeah. like, I have too many thoughts all day. I need to slow this down. <laughs> are you? Are you? Were you one of those kids where you're just like, it's either your legs twitching and while somebody's talking. To you, or your arms twitching, or something's twitching. Like, that's how I am. If somebody's talking to me, I'm like, something's twitching. I'm like, either my leg, my arm, something. Yeah. I'm, it's like I'm I'm halfway listening, but I'm also in another fucking place. Right. That was me in school, 100%, because the whole time I was in school, I was thinking about dirt bikes. You know, they're like, that's <laughs> why I didn't too. figure anything out, because I'm just like, I'm going to jump this when I get home, or. What, you know what I mean? Shovel and jump or whatever. That's I was going to so do perfect. something. That's so perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. No, it's exactly. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm th- like, in a lot of comics, I feel like they don't. Because, you know, a lot of comics didn't go into like riding bikes or moto or whatever. Like, you know, but I feel like it's almost like I, like I, I really selfishly want to get other comics I know who don't have any exposure to like writing uh-huh. i want to get it into writing because i know they'll be addicted to it yeah well you know yeah it depends on the type of person that i think there's a lot of comedians i know that were not about to get on mountain bikes <laughs> <laughs> well true i do know a lot of people that would be like i'm never gonna touch that but i feel like we're all addicted to some sort of danger yeah. I, you know, I mean, well, like, I 100% agree with you here because even yeah. when I stopped riding, uh, when I was thinking about things that were possibilities, um, I had gotten hurt at one point and I started announcing shows because I just hired another rider and then I announced the show and then I just started slipping jokes in and they were really just for me because I was kind of bored just talking so I was like slipping jokes yeah. in and I started to pick out like a... People around, the, like not everybody, but a couple of people would get what I was doing because they were like pretty specific, like moto jokes. So the person yeah. had to understand enough to even grasp what was going on. So I caught a couple of people and then I was like, oh, 
like I could do this. I'm just in the wrong venue right now. Like this is just the wrong. The rest of these people are like don't expect jokes, you know, and they don't understand dirt bikes enough, so they're just like what. But I'm like, so if I was in the right venue, I think I could do this. So yeah. after I stopped riding, it was kind of like, what could I do where you have the chance to travel? There's the opportunity you could travel. It's also so much, I didn't ever think of myself this way before, but it's still somewhat of a performance. So you're yeah. still getting that, um, that adrenaline, you know, and it's still like, oh, it's go time and you got to go and do it. So... On those yeah. levels, it's very similar. And actually, when, and you'll understand this, I've said this to people before, but when I ride and I had a good show or something, on the way home, you're all like, yeah. And that's the same way when you have a good set. It's the exact same feeling afterwards where, you're just, where you're just like, oh, that was awesome. I want to go do it again right now. I told you, yeah. I know. It is. It's, it's very, it's very similar in that way. Um, and I only know, like, Aside from you, uh, I only really know one other comic that I'm friends with that rides. Um, Who's that? Know, they're not like they're not as into riding as we are. Where like I know you've risked your life. I've well, so let's bring it back to how we even <laughs> yeah. know each other or anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should. Yeah, because obviously, like we got to get people up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Jared is from Georgia. <laughs> And yep. I actually lived in Georgia for like 13 years. And the guy that when I moved down uh, to Georgia, the person that I lived with was good friends with Jared. And we had like BMX jumps in the backyard and stuff. Yeah. So Jared would come over and ride the BMX jumps and just hang out in the house. And I remember that was like basically you were only a couple of years into comedy. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because I started in 2000... Either 2000 or 2001. I so. moved down in 04. Okay, yeah. So I wasn't that long. And which in comedy years is really not that long. So yeah. let's say I started 2001. Um, 2004, yeah. I was very fresh. I was still fresh. Very fresh in comedy. Which And then you kind of disappeared, right? What did you do? You moved to... Yeah, so I moved... Let's see. So 2009... I uh, moved to Los Angeles, um, and only because, real honestly, like was not going to move to LA. But I did a show uh, with Bill Burr, and Bill was like, which a lot of comedy people would know know Bill Burr. Maybe if you're not in comedy, you wouldn't know. But like, he was kind of a big deal at that time, and well, it still is a big deal. I, I was going to um, say he's got a show at the. Premiere. The Prudential Center, which is the hockey arena by us, and we looked up tickets. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going. Even, let's put it that way. Even the bleacher, the yeah, second <laughs> uh, story was like I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a bigger deal now for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I like I'd done a show. I did. I did a show for him. I featured for him, and like, uh, and so yeah. He he was just like man. He was. I don't, I don't know if he stopped drinking altogether now, but like at that point he was still drinking, which is great because like whenever you can drink with another comic or smoke yeah. weed with another comic, like you're pals, you're, you're pretty much like yeah. grandfathered in for life at that point. <laughs> so, 
So, you know, and I drank, uh, I, I never, I've never been like a big weed smoker, but like, uh, I'll do edibles, um, to help me go to sleep. But I sound like a 90 year old man, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I did a show with him at the Atlanta punchline and Atlanta punchline was like, kind of like my, my home club, you know, and they were like super cool to me and they, they knew like, Oh, it'd be good for Jared to like work with Bill, you know? So they kind of lined all that stuff up and, um, super grateful for that. And yeah, so did that. And then he was basically just like, we just went to the bar (laughs) a few nights in a row after every show. And like, uh, he would just be like, he's like, Oh yeah, you know, fucking, yeah, yeah. yeah, if, if, yeah, if you want to move to LA, like I'll, you know, I'll fucking hook you up with blah 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 and blah blah blah. And I was just like, okay, like, and then and I didn't really have anything, like, I didn't have anything else going. I was like, well, yeah, yeah I should just do it, you know. So then I moved to LA, and then that, that kind of kickstarted a whole bunch of other bullshit. But like, um, I say bullshit, some good stuff, some bad stuff, but um, all learning experiences for sure. So yeah, that kind of that happened. But yeah, that's kind of how I got like more, I guess, into the um, uh, deeper realms of comedy. I, I I would say. So did you BMX wise? Did you just ride growing up? Did you race? Were you more of yeah. freestyle? Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. BMX was kind of like um, it's always kind of like the bastard, you know, stepchild, whatever moto. Like everything, I feel like aspires to be motocross. Like <laughs> motocross is the the pinnacle of. If you even look at like m- mountain biking now, like everything literally emulates motocross. Yeah. So, for me, like um, I always wanted to race moto so bad. Now I did race a little bit, but like I didn't have like my f- my family didn't support it. Um, me and my parents were divorced. Um, since I was like from like one years old and, uh, I came from a very like abusive home, um, on my dad's side. And then my mom's side was just very like, my mom was just like a drunk, uh, you know, just did a lot of just substance abuse in general. So she, she was never like, I couldn't get her to like support me in anything. Mm. The only person I really had that kind of would support me was like my grandfather, but my grandfather died like when I was 14. So, I mean, I was trying so hard to get him to like, see, Hey, just give me a chance. Like, you know, buy me one motocross bike. I'll buy everything. I'll pay for races. I'll do whatever. If you just help me buy the motocross bike. Cause at 14, right. I didn't have any money. So I would try to, and he would just sit on the back porch with me for hours, dude, for hours. And we would just argue back and forth. And, and I would be like, no, but you don't understand. I could, I could do this. I could do this. And he'd be like, ah, oh, one in a million son, one in a million. Like he just shit, he just shit on my dreams. Yeah. And so I think it's just, you know, common with like, uh, that generation (laughs) yeah yeah they just they just like they don't see it's like everything just seems like impossible to them i guess i don't know so he never really got on hey jared we're talking about people that made it to the first side of the country and then when they were like there's gold over here they were like fuck it i'm (laughs) staying (laughs) yeah pretty much i mean yeah i mean they were well they were like so my grandparents have been uh they would have been, uh, they grew up like during the Great Depression. Yeah. 
So they're like canning food. You know, I mean, everything just seemed like impossible to them. Right. So they were the kind of people you'd be like, you know, I had to go to school or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, we had to walk 10 miles in the snow with no shoes. You know I mean? They would always want up you on everything. We had to build the school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't even have school. We didn't, there was no such thing as schools. We just built schools. And then we invented school. Like, you know, so you know how it is. But they, um, yeah, they were just kind of like that old and like, you know, whatever. But they were they were cool in the sense of like, they kind of gave me some stability because I came from a very inst- inst- unstable home. But, um, I always appreciated that, but yeah, I just, I never had that foundation of like having parents that wanted or you know, support or whatever. So, so BMX was like, that was like the next best thing. And that was the thing that was tangible. So I would just, you know, I could go, like I could work summer jobs and then I could buy, you know, BMX bike, I could yeah. buy whatever I needed. And then I could also pay for races. So it was just easier. Yeah. It's a lower motor- entry fee to get in versus yeah. a whole yeah. motorcycle and then boots and whatever. You yeah. could have a pair of bands and a bicycle and fucking yeah. going right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But dude, I'll tell you, man, like, um, that was like, honestly, it was a lifesaver for me because I'll never forget. I'll always give this guy the, the most credit in the world. John Cavacci, who um, passed away, I think, like 2011 or something like that. But John Cavacci, when I when I was coming up and racing BMX and all that stuff, like he had a, a BMX team. He was a wheel builder. He built custom wheels. And he was pretty big, like, within the BMX community and even in mountain biking at that time. So he would build, you know, custom wheels and stuff. And he was super busy. He also had a bike shop. But, um, dude, that guy, to this day, dude, he only, like, brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. I try not to cry about this. But, like, he really, like, um, gave me an opportunity and it wasn't like that he was just like, oh, my God, this guy's so talented. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like he just he just saw probably because, I mean, he was like 10 years older than me. And he just saw that, like, yeah, this kid's got a, you know, comes from a shit home. Like, I just give this guy an opportunity. Like, he would take me on the road and he put me on the team. Um, I would make my mains, but I was never like a top, you know, I wasn't like a podium guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was always just skinny and so like, I, never, I never trained. Yeah. So he, he would take me on the road and, uh, man, it was just awesome. I had some of the best experience of my life, um, being on the road with, with that team and just racing in general, just, and we would just do, man, we just so much crazy shit. Like, and it was, it was awesome because, you know, for me, I was like a juvenile delinquent kid. Like I was vandalizing houses. I was getting in fights all the time. I was just like a shithead. I was a fucking yeah. shit. So for him to do that and like bring me on the road and like knowing I was probably kind of a liability, but, but like he just, he was cool. And he, and he didn't do that just for me, he did it for other people too. So I think like, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll meet people that want to ride moto or mountain bikes or whatever. And maybe they don't have a lot of money. There's a few kids I know like that. And I'm just like, man, I want to, 
I just want to get, I want to be in a position where I can just like finance a way for them to like, you know, be able have, to a, have a good trajectory. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I th- I'm sure he could tell me, and maybe he was a similar type of kid, but I'm sure you could tell that you really loved the whole team and riding and you wouldn't jeopardize that, you know, like, whereas he said, you said that you're, you know, a troubled kid at home, but you're so into BMX, you're not going to be that way to him or to his equipment or anything like that, or even at races because you're pumped to be at races, you know, and I actually had somebody from Georgia who was in prison for like five years ride for me. He was the best fucking person I ever had because it didn't matter what the scenario was he was pumped to be there he's like this is awesome <laughs> you know what I mean? he was in yeah. prison in Georgia he said he got thrown in the hole in the middle of summer he said it was just a concrete room and he's like I was just butt naked in the middle laid on the floor because it was the coolest yeah. I could get <laughs> and that guy yeah. like I said you said jump through that fire he'd been like fuck all right <laughs> Well, it's true, man, because, like, I mean, I learned from my dad at an early age. Like, my dad was in and out of juvenile, and um, they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, this is back in the 60s, and they would beat the fuck out of him. And then I remember one time, he told me a story where they brought him to um, County Services Road in Cobb County, and the cops that beat the fuck out of him, um, they didn't realize they beat the fuck out of a juvenile. Mm. So they brought him to county services and they brought him in. And I guess like the, um, the people in the office, you know, when they were like doing the whole processing or whatever, yeah. they were like, Oh, you got, <laughs> that's Pee Wee Harris, which was my dad's street name at the time. Uh, cause my dad was a total fucking thug and like they, and he just had the shit beat out of him. And then it was funny because like he told a story about how they, the whoever was behind the desk was, was like, yeah, y'all just beat the shit out of a, a minor. <laughs> <laughs> so like the cops were all fucking freaked out because they're like, they just beat the fuck out of a minor. But they didn't think he was a minor, I guess, for whatever reason. But I kind of learned at an early age, like my dad always taught me, like he taught me a lot of shit about how to stay out of trouble, how to not go to jail, how to like, you know, avoid a lot of that stuff. And so I did a lot, I did a lot of bad shit, but I was smart enough to not go to jail. Like I had a few close calls, um, but I was also never like a big, you know, I've never been a big dude. Like I'm not like yeah. a big intimidating guy either. Like when you're my size, you have to really, you got to really fucking strategize shit. You got to think about things, you know, you got to be very calculated with stuff. So I kind of learned a lot of that from him because my dad was never a big dude either. You do get away with saying stuff sometimes because I'm like just big enough that people want to punch me in the face as soon as I say anything. <laughs> I've like, been punched in the face. I've been punched in the face a billion times. <laughs> I don't act like I've been punched in the face <laughs> so many times. <laughs> and oddly enough, it's always been comedy related, like or at least. Really? In my adulthood, yes. It's, it's mostly been comedy related. Like comics or fans? No, I mean, I've had a couple of comics test me, but like, the, like those weren't really that big of a deal. Well, I guess I they mean, weren't I, fans. 
No, it's just like I, I didn't like they tried. I like I did almost go to jail a couple of times, um, and you know, luckily because the staff and the people that worked at the place at the venue I was at, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have to go to jail. Um, however, I have been in situations though, like, I mean, dude, I, I was in North Dakota once I had a, on an Indian reservation mm-hmm. and bro, I had a Vietnam vet, like, and on an Indian reservation, you can't fuck around. Yeah, they will fuck they kill you. got their own they'll, police they'll, and everything. It's oh, a different country. They got their own fucking laws and everything. Uh, but yeah, dude, I had a, I had a, I had a guy like, uh, yeah, I mean, all the people in the audience were genuinely concerned for my fucking safety and well-being. <laughs> that was a close call. I had another. I had another time in um, Durango, Colorado. I had another instance in uh, Bike Week at Myrtle Beach. Oh, that's where, easy to get into instances. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was another, it was another military guy. Like he busted a bottle, walked up on stage, and he was like literally about to just slice me with this fucking busted bottle and and i'm just like you know i'm not a big guy and i but i also have a bad temper so i'm like you know i i'm not to say, I, like i'm not a trained fighter you know what i'm saying like yeah. I, i'm the kind of guy like i can hit you really hard i can hit, i can punch fast i can hit hard but if I don't fucking knock you out or knock you dizzy and get another two or three licks in before, I'm fucked. Like, I'll be the first to say, like, <laughs> anybody, like if anybody actually knows how to fight and they get me on the ground, I'm pretty much fucked, yeah. which I know that. But so the dude walks up on stage, <laughs> like, and you know how it is, like, you're just, it's that same adrenaline you have when you're riding. It's like, if there's a jump that you're like, fuck that jump. I'm not this jumps bitch. Like I'm going to fucking conquer this. Shut jump. off and go. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to fucking sleep like a goddamn baby. Cause I fucking, I mastered this shit. That's how it just kicks in. Even, even, you know, like you might be out of your element, but you're just like, you're like, fuck, especially if people are watching. Cause you're like, you know, it's, it's it, I equate it to this. It's, this is so similar. It's like if you have, and because I've done this so many times, and I'm I'm awful at, at this. I'll build big ass jumps, and then I'll literally try to get other people to jump them because, like, I just want to see other people like go through that that whole thing of like that whole mind fuck, you know, yeah. of like like I know they can do it, but I know they know they can't, or I know that they don't think they can do it, but I know they can do it. Yeah. So like you like talk shit, and you're like just fucking do it you you want to go home and lay lay in bed tonight knowing you didn't fucking do this job you little bitch (laughs) so it's like that kind of thing kicks in and um yeah i don't know like it's um it's it's stupid i know it's dumb but we we do dumb stuff like that that's a good uh point about um action sports people and I was thinking about this the other day with you know like riders like <clears throat> especially high level riders you can't talk shit to them about anything especially about riding because they're just like do it yeah right now go ahead and do it you know we I were know. in California one time and I had somebody with me that had never flipped and 
<laughs> these people, some guys were jumping into the pit, and he kept giving them, you know, tips. And I'm like, it was me and Javier, and we're like, have you ever flipped? And he's like, no. And we're like, well, there's a pit right there. And he's like, well, uh, uh, and we're like, well, no, you've been talking, telling people how to flip for the last fucking three hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's the key. Like, you have to have done the jump yourself before you can talk shit. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I, I I have built a lot of stuff and then had and then other people have jumped it. But I like I don't like to watch them struggle. I like to follow them off it so I know how fast to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go ahead, you can jump that. I'll just see how you do it. See, dude, the uh, fact that, like, I'll, I'll just say it right now, like, anybody flipping a motocross bike to me is just so, like, I can't even in my mind, I can't even picture that. It's one of those things, like, even on a BMX bike, like, I've never flipped a BMX bike. Because I don't even know that I've ever confidently flipped into a fucking swimming pool, on, you know what I mean? Like, as a kid, like, it's yeah. like, I don't even, I can't. Like, one thing I've learned is, like, if you can't visualize yourself doing something, you don't need to be doing it. It's hard, yeah. 100%. That's, like, like red flag number one. If I you agree. can't picture yourself doing it, don't do it. <laughs> For sure. Um, I would say, though, the flip thing is just an incremental thing, you know, because I didn't think I would do it either. And it's like, really? I could do some backflips on trampolines and stuff, but like, was I the ultimate, you know, I couldn't, yeah. you know, like gator, whatever it is, gainer or any of that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. and I even started just like on the edge of a foam pit or a pool and you put your head like over the side and then you roll your legs yeah. over you. And that's literally how I started and then just, uh, you know, learned on bicycles and shit, but Dude, I mean, dude, all like so much respect because I still to this day I can't, I just can't get my mind. I just can't, and I'm, I mean, I know some people say, oh, it's, it's, y'all make it seem so easy. I've never, never been able to do that, <laughs> and I'm not trying, not at this point. No, <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna get you to a foam pit and make you do it. Hell no. I've never <laughs> even jumped a new foam pit, so I don't even know what they're that's not. Like. Well, bicycles aren't bad, but on a dirt bike, they're not fun at all. Everybody's like, I'll try this shit in the foam pit. And I'm like, bro, jump into that thing once at 75 feet and just <laughs> land and be like, and then tell me how confident you are to try to fucking do whatever it is you want to try. Seems gnarly. Like, even in a foam pit, that seems very gnarly to me. Well, I think now the airbag landings. That's yeah. like, I would have flipped way faster if we had airbag landings because it was like the jump from foam to regular landing was just like in my head was like a gigantic step. If we had had that, which now it's not an intermediate, you know, that's like what pe people are riding. But if you had had that as the next thing to go to, at least in my mind, I could visualize it being soft. <laughs> you know what I actually did the first time I flipped at the um did you ever see my riding spot or... I think I saw some so I think Joey a mutual friend of ours like um I want to say he showed me some video um it was either some, yeah I think it was some video he had I don't know if it's on his phone or what I don't know this has been so long ago but like I knew you flipped though and I was just like I like I was blown away because I was like 
holy fuck, like this dude flips. <laughs> like that's such a big deal. Cause because back then it wasn't like there was a shit ton of people yeah. flipping. No. Like you were like within the first like, probably play. Yeah, it's probably within the first forty people. That's crazy. I mean that's crazy. Forty or fifty maybe. That's crazy. Um, so what my point was what I was gonna say is that there was a horse barn there and they used to have shavings that would they would put in the stalls and the horses would piss and shit in it and they would yeah. shovel it and take it out. So I lined my whole landing with that because I was, was trying to make it soft. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably was good though. Like that's I mean, I used to shovel horse shit all the time when I was a little kid. Little little kid. Yeah, I had like a Eight inches of sawdust on the, you know, piss and shit laden sawdust, but it was still (laughs) nice. (laughs) My third one I pulled so crooked, I literally landed 90 degrees on the landing and just slid down the thing. I was like, what the hell? Damn. Dude, I'm I'm always, like, you'll have mad respect for me forever because, like, that is so gnarly, man. It's so gnarly. It's it's just, horse shit or not, it's fucking gnarly. (laughs) So now, speaking of uh, bicycles, you or bikes, you now have Jared's Place, which is a mountain biking park in Georgia. Yeah. Um, Hold on, I got another. Well, you're not going to be able to see it, but I got another little thing pulled up where we can see your Instagram there. Okay. Um, So when did you start Jared's Place? What's the deal on it? Yeah, so like uh, 2012 is really kind of when I started. Like, um, I bought some land. I bought some land. Look, it's a whole backstory of like, which we won't get into, but like, um, I left Los Angeles, came back to uh, Georgia, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a break uh, from comedy. And so I bought like, um, it's like nine acres or something and um just started kind of building jumps and stuff in the woods and i was kind of building by myself and just honestly it was like more or um i just spent a time i was going through a thing man i was like going crazy i think so i was spending a shit ton of time just in the woods and i would just build and i would like I don't know know what I was thinking. I didn't really have a direction or a trajectory for this. I just was building. I was like, well, I'm just going to build these things that I can ride. And then hopefully, like, maybe some friends will come ride. And so that kind of started in 2012. And um, slowly, kind of people started finding out about the place. And then I would have, like, a handful of people that would want to come ride and, like, hit jumps and all that stuff and do that type of riding. And honestly, it just kind of built from like 2012 up until now. I just was building and then I'd have people come ride and then I would try to get them to help build and then some of them would help build and, you know, it just kind of blossomed into a thing. And then eventually, like, I sold the first property, uh, tried to find a better property and I bought another property and then that one was like, a little more hilly and, you know, a little more possibilities and, um, yeah, we just kept riding. And then eventually I was like, all right, well shit, I got all these people that want to come ride. Well, I, I just started saying, Hey, y'all, if you want to come ride, donate like 15 or 20 bucks. 
and you come ride or you can shovel like whatever you know whatever whatever you want to do because i was like some people don't have money so so i was like you either come dig for a certain number of hours or you you know donate 15 20 bucks and so that just kept getting more and more popular and then at some point i was like shit dude i need to find like a place because i feel like there's a market to build a bike park and so then i started hunting for land for a bike park and and then a buddy of mine which wasn't my buddy at the time he i just met him um josh who's my partner now he came out and he was just one of the dudes that hit me up i was like hey i want to come ride i was like yeah and i came gave him the whole spill and he was like literally having to do like a a waiver on his phone like basically saying the shit that i told him to say like you know if i die or get injured seriously you're not responsible like I literally just i don't know if any of this had any legal right. <laughs> bearings at all on anything but like i would just get these people to do this stuff and so he came he was riding a bunch and then next thing you know like um we were talking and uh he was wanting to open up a bike shop and i was wanting to open up a bike park and i was like man you know these two basically would feed each other so we'll just try to figure out how to do it ourselves and we had an, a potential investor at the time, or I had a potential investor. And um, the more we got to talking and realizing, like, well, shit, we had, like, he had just just enough money, and I had just enough money to, like, if we put it together, we could make it work. So that's kind of how the whole bike park came to be. So we just put it, put our shit together and... Dude, it's been it's been great. I mean, it's been a little stressful or whatever. It's been a lot of hard work, but it's been awesome. Yeah. Did you have to wrestle over whose place it was? No, no, not really. Like, I mean, kind of. I think always from the get go, because like the whole name Jared's place was never. It it kind of just developed organically. It was like one of those things that was just like everybody like, I never got to name. ride at Jared's place. Yeah, like I never had a name for the place, but everybody just called it Jared's place. And so I remember this particular day I was on like Instagram or something. And I was like, I was like, well, it only makes sense to just call it Jared's place because everybody's called it. You know, like that's yeah. just whatever calls it. So I just started naming it Jared's place on Instagram. And then. From that, I mean, it just it's just like a trickle effect. And I also felt kind of conscientious about naming it Jared's Place, like when we opened up the new bike park. But I was talking to a buddy of mine who's like, into, you know, he's like really good at branding and all that stuff. And he was like, and I, I remember I'm, I, I sent him a message. I sent him a text. I was like, hey, man, I just feel real weird about naming this place Jared's Place. And he was like, you're a fucking idiot if you don't like that's literally what everybody already knows yeah. like why would you change everything and i was like i was like yeah 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 you're right so but it, you know even though i kind of felt weird about it at first like now seeing everybody that comes to the park and all that stuff it's like and anybody who knows me knows i don't i don't want any sort of corporate vibe at all like I'm very anti corporate. Yeah. And I always wanted to feel like it's like more personal and like a more organic and more like um just buddies riding kind of. Exactly. Like family you know, because I mean my whole family's dead. So like for my like 
this sounds kind of sad to say, but like, dude, that is my family. Yeah. Like people that come out and ride and the people I see on a day to day basis or a weekly basis, dude, that's my family. Like my crew, the people that work there, uh, my business partner, Josh, like he's a friend, like not only is he a business partner, but he's a friend. You know what I'm saying? Like they're all like my whole crew. I'll, I consider them all friends. So for me, it's like, it's almost like my surrogate family. So it's just, it's, it's like a more, yeah, I don't know. I it's would not, agree. I mean, I'm more um, connected to the people that I rode and traveled with than I am with, anybody I went to school with for the most part, there's like two people I went to high school with, you know, that I talked to, but I'll still keep in contact with freestyle friends or moto friends a little more. And they're all over the country, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you have that bond besides, you know, like you guys are around each other, but uh, the basis of your relationship is both, both loving, you know, something. Absolutely. And I feel like, too, like, whenever there's, you know, disagreements or whatever, like, I feel like that bond and that uh, that friendship or that family, that camaraderie, that always kind of transcends those things, you know, uh, because, you know, I don't necessarily I don't I don't prescribe to that whole ideology of like blood's thicker than water. Like, I mean. You know, there's a lot of people I'm related to. I don't give a fuck about it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just because, because you're I, related I, doesn't I, mean you have anything in common other than that. Yeah, exactly. But there's people that I've connected with, like, um, that have done way more for me. Um, you know, in terms of friendships or whatnot. Like, they've done way, for, way more for me than people that I'm blood-related to. Yeah. So... You know, when I say, when I say, and I don't, I don't easily, like, make close connections. Like, I'm not just, I'm not an easy person to get to know, kind of guarded and uh, have a, a wall built up. But, um, you know, when I am somebody's friends, like, dude, I'm, like, I'm your, like, I'm fucking loyal as shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's... That is that is one thing that I'm good at uh, amidst all my other faults. Like that is one thing that I kind of pride myself. <laughs> well, because you realize where that stuff is coming from to you as well. You know. Yeah, 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 and just having respect for um, the process, whether it be respect for the process and in, in, in comedy, or respect for the process in like writing. Uh, because it takes fucking balls. It takes balls to go flip a fucking motocross bike. It takes balls to go, you know, there's, I mean, just riding in general, racing, like competing, like it, it takes balls. And I have a lot of respect for people that, um, go out and take chances in general. You know, that to me, that's like, that's huge. That's awesome. That's, yeah. um, it, tell, it says a lot about a person's character when they're willing to put all all of it on the line to achieve a thing. You know, I, I don't know. I just have I've always had a lot of respect for that. It's a mental disorder. 
probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, just been trying to figure out if I'm tough or dumb. And Dude, I think, I mean, honestly, some of the smartest people I know are dumb. Look at, look, look at Travis Pastrana. Now I'm just throwing it. I know a lot of people are throwing his name out for, you know, a lot, but like, that motherfucker's smart. Yeah. He's Brian Deegan. Uh, some people will call him a fucking, you know, whatever. It's very calculated. Yeah, very, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, Travis, the same with all. I mean, honestly, all the pro motocross riders I know, dude, they're all fucking, like, most of them I know are, when I say most that I know, like, I know you know, the, the, a lot of the top guys, you, you probably know more guys that maybe, cause you're, you've been more in the scene more so than I have. Um, that didn't make it quite so far. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the ones I know of that have made it and even the ones I know that didn't, you know, make it mainstream per se, like to me, they still have tons of respect. I have tons of respect for them because, they all seem to like, they all know they fucking take care of their shit. You know what I mean? Like if they got a family, they're fucking providing, you know, it's like they all, they all take care of their shit. And, um, I don't know, man, it's, there's something like, I think to be at that level to even race like a pro national, uh, motocross race or a fucking supercross to make a main at supercross. You're not only are you fucking insane, you're in the top, top percentile of like athleticism in the, in the world. You're the top of, of the cream of the crop in, in terms of uh, athleticism. But you also have to have that business side. And dude, I don't know, man, like most everybody I've seen, they're killing, in my perspective, they're killing it, you know? I'm sure some of them don't feel that way. I'm like, we're ever satisfied. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've always had a saying for a long time where I'm like, if I can do it, it's easy. You know, so it's like, you always, like, discredit something you can do. So, like, like, just straight flipping. Like, I could do like a couple of things right but so then if somebody can straight flip i'm just like oh but then then if they start doing things i couldn't do like super flips blah 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 then you're like oh that's hard you know but it's like you always discredit whatever you can do because you're like i can do that so it must not be that crazy yeah yeah Yeah. frozen a lot of these younger um riders aren't as impressed with like their, their, their old school, you know, their, uh, I don't know. It's weird. This is one thing. And this could just could, could just be me and my perception of, of things. But like, I kind of feel like a lot of younger guys, girls, guys and girls, um, they's and them, they's, them's, where the fuck? I don't know what the fuck's acceptable now, but, uh, but anyway, like it, you know, whoever it is, they're looking at like some of these older people, and it's almost like I, I feel like they're almost 
kind of unimpressed with <laughs> like like you take somebody like Jet Lawrence for instance um you know it's like I wonder what they think of somebody like fucking you know David Bailey or Johnny O'Mara like I wonder if they look at them and they're like impressed or if they're just like ah oh, they're not even scrubbing you know what I'm yeah, saying like I, that's, I, I was you're right, because I was thinking freestyle more more so than racing, because, or or any type of sport like that, like um, Tony Hawk doing the nine hundred, right? And now there's like eleven year olds doing nine hundred, so it's like, do those eleven year olds even give a shit about Tony don't. Hawk? It's <laughs> like uh, so, like what is this old dude? Like, why is everybody freaking out? He landed in. I did that when I was nine. <laughs> So, so it's just, it's weird, but like, it's, I guess, it's just the element. But I mean, I feel like, you know, you should always have respect for the foundation that was laid. Well, with this type of stuff uh, and everything, but, you know, this type of stuff, especially sports in general, like knowledge compounds, right? Whereas you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had, um, whatever axel hodges if you didn't have mike sinkmars yeah you know like and boxing all that stuff people figure techniques out and then that gets taught to people and then that becomes the standard thing but at one point that was just one person that figured it out on their own you know and yeah. they revolutionized the game or the sport or whatever it is you know just like you said about the scrub jeremy started like carving a little bit i would say he's the first person that started to break like the straight plane off of jumps because he started staying yeah. way lower then james came out and then all of a sudden he took it to yeah. another level like a know? hole yeah yeah <laughs> but it is and funny ricky, ricky yeah ricky didn't even do anything with he ricky fucked the whole industry by making them train like maniacs that's what he did yeah yeah, I mean, it's good. But, you know, like, but I think, I, I think, like, guys like Ward, O'Mara, um, I don't think they get as, um, I don't think they get enough respect for the training part. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's kind of overlooked now because it's been so long ago. But those guys were fucking, they were really ahead of their time in terms of training. Yeah. You know, they were fucking killing it in terms of conditioning and training and such. So, um, and it's easy to overlook that because, you know, they're older generation or whatnot. But like, I look at like somebody like O'Mara now or Ward now. And I'm just like, dude, that guy would kick my fucking ass. Dude, they're on any sort of like, if, if I went on a mountain bike ride, like, yeah. they would kick, kill me on a mountain bike. Wardy's doing like four hour rides. It's, it's like it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. But and that and that doesn't take anything away from like the guys like, you know, uh Lachine or like the guys that I just just had that raw talent that yeah. you're just like Well know, that's they didn't That's the thing there though, it, is that you'll never have a Lachine now. Like just somebody that's just oh, so wow. talented that they don't they can slack because it's like even the talented guys like Jet are working their ass off. So if you have the guy with the talent of Lachine also working his ass off, you're 
in trouble. <laughs> um, my wife just brought me uh, a little sparkling lime. Thank you, babe. Appreciate you. you didn't have to stop because I did it. A little treat. I don't know. Yeah, she was trying to be sly. I, I was trying to be sly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did a good job. Jared ruined it. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> That's Jared's my wife. Price. Another funny, very funny, talented comedian. Excellent. In her own right, does her own thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, get out here. I'm doing a podcast. Fly to Vegas in two days. Yeah, yeah. Go on, get. Doing her thing. Like, get rid of Get. <laughs> Go on, <Okay>. get. <laughs> I yeah, learned dude, that I'm, in Georgia. I'm, I just love talking to Moto. Like, honestly, like, to be, just to be on your show, like, just, I don't know. I, I fucking love it. I, I could talk Moto all day long. Or BMX. I mean, honestly. Moto, I'm I'm the biggest fan of Moto more than anything. More than anything, like it's just um, I don't know, dude. I just every day, it's like, and that's what Instagram is now. It's like Instagram is like this fucking. It's like every day, every morning on Instagram when I get on Instagram, it's like literally, it's like being a kid again and going into the convenience store and buying fucking dirt bike. And motocross action magazine, like and flipping through the pages, and you're just everything's just amazing. Yeah. And not only that, but you see video, and you see shit that happened right that day. And you get to Mad see Rider. stuff from your favorite riders, like at practice or whatever, which is was never a thing before that. It's it's crazy because like at that time, like I never thought of, I never even thought that there would be. It's just so crazy to think that at that time, I just assumed, yeah, 30 years from now, there'll just be magazines that'll still be, shit'll just be coming out a month later. Like, I never, yeah. <laughs> ever could even process, like, oh, there's going to be social media and, and every writer that you have is going to have their own following and literally empire within that, you know, following. Yeah. They can post. I mean, Deegan's kid, like, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, well, they his whole life is chronicled already. Yeah, and I fucking jerk off at any fucking picture I find of me from when I was a kid. Like, I have so few, you know, I'm just like, holy shit, like, almost is amazing. Here's a blurry ass photo of me (laughs) riding some shitty motocross track in alabama <laughs> you know like and i'm all stoked about it these kids are spoiled yeah they're gonna have too much though they got too much too much stuff you're gonna look back and go ah oh, yeah look at my hair i know i <laughs> start taking some shit away no. look how i talked <laughs> oh my god this is terrible <laughs> um so you guys uh, have a ride day after Supercross at the yeah. bike park. Yeah, we do. I'll actually yeah. s- pull that up for everybody because I saw a flyer for it. There it is. Yeah, April 16th. April 16th. So if you guys go to how far are you from, well, it's not at the stadium. It's at uh, Speedway. Yeah, so the race 
Um, Atlanta's been Atlanta Supercross has been at uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway. Is that right? Is it Atlanta Motor Speedway? Um, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's Atlanta Motor Speedway. But anyway, it's been at Atlanta Motor Speedway for the past couple of years. This will be the third year. That many? And yeah, it's been three. Yeah, yeah, this will be the third. Did they have one in the Benz Dome in the new stadium? They used no? to, yeah, they used to do the Mercedes Benz. Um, but but that's what I'm saying. Did they do the new stadium? Because it was the Georgia Dome. Then they built the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Did they ever do one in there? Or is that when they went to? Yeah, they did do. Like I know I've been to one at Mercedes. Okay. Um, but I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I'm not a fan of the. I'm not a fan of that. And the reason being is because, um, Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's so easy, man. You just you pull up and within like I don't know fucking five minutes. 10 minutes you're 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 through the gate you're you're already going to your seats and the other thing i love about that place is that um the way that the track is it's laid out kind of like daytona is yeah kind of a nice mixture it's like a mix of like i mean there's always like a sand section it's like it's a little higher speed jumps are bigger it's got more of an outdoorsy feel to it you know it's just I, I love it, dude. But they I think still got that lot. red clay, son. There's a little bit of, yeah, so it's a mix of the red clay and the sand and all that. But, um, uh, yeah, I just don't, like, from a spectator viewpoint, like, I feel like the venue that it's been at has been the best. Um, and I hope it stays there. Like, I know it's there this year, but hopefully it'll be next year, too. What I'm hearing, or I just heard rumors of this, I don't know if it's true, but apparently, like, the the, the Ben Stadium, they got an issue of people bringing dirt in there. That's what I figured it probably was. So, I don't know. Like, we'll see if it continues to be at the, the, the uh, you know, the, out, the outdoor Atlanta Motor Speedway. The only problem is, I guess it's not a problem, but if it rains. But... Well, it was Fulton County Stadium. It was still a stadium. But that was an open-air stadium, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, there's some classic, classic races. Best race I ever saw was, and you might know. 89? No. 90? 90. Fulton County Stadium. Yeah. Uh, 1990 Supercross. There was yeah. like 12 liters we, I know, it's insane. I remember, I remember. We thought that Guy Cooper was finally going to get that elusive victory, and he pulled a Chase Sexton, or Aaron Plessinger, and just yeah. wadded himself up all by himself. And guess who won, who we were talking about? Jeff Ward. Was it? Yeah, it was Ward, was it? Was that 90 or 91? That was I'm 90. Getting... Well, um, okay. Because Rick Johnson was in, he led for a little bit. Uh... Dude, it was like. So what was it? Was it eighty nine? Was that David Bradshaw's rookie year? I feel like that was his rookie year. Uh, no, ninety was his rookie year. Was it ninety? Okay, yeah. so that is the same year that I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Because and the reason I say this is because a local boy, Sean Dukes, got the whole shot. And if I need to go back and watch year, that now. Yeah, Sean Dukes on a Honda. Uh, CR125, uh, I think his number was 426. Don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty sure it was 426. He got the fucking whole shot. 
Sean Dukes. And I remember there was like, um, if it's the same year I'm thinking of, you had this kind of sweeping right-hander out of the first turn, and then there was just like this big double. And this big double, you land, and then you immediately go into these this long section of whoops. Uh-huh. And that was either 89 or 90. But I remember Sean Dukes got the whole shot, and I was like, I was just, I was just like, oh my god! Because I remember I met Sean Dukes one time riding at this little um, place that our buddy um, Joey Casey. Um, there's this little place off Thornton Road in Douglasville, Georgia, and I would go out there and ride. And it was just like this little practice track, and it was nothing built. You know, it's not, it's not like nowadays where he's like you literally right. somebody's whole fucking supercross track it was like you know just some mounds of dirt and that's literally where he would go practice <laughs> to train for supercross yeah dude and um, it was just cool i just was i was amazed so his he, dad when i was in georgia his dad would do my suspension lsd yeah, yeah larry dukes yep lsd i don't know what the s stand for larry yeah sean dukes i don't know <laughs> Larry yeah. Duke's suspension? Wait. Maybe, but why was it LSD? I don't know, man. I just their marketing, just like play on the or something. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, so he's a he's a local legend down there. His dad uh, did suspension yeah. for years. Yeah, this all ties in with all the whole rest of the crew. Joey Casey worked for Kevin Kelly, who does DMXS. Yeah. Um, and they owned Bremen Raceway. Yep. And, um, uh, I lost Kevin's brother's name. First Kyle. Name. Kyle. Kyle uh, Race, yeah. Was and also Ken, real fast, yeah. Yeah, Ken was the oldest. Ken was kind of out of racing, which I think Ken was like a really good rider too when he raced, but like, but yeah, Kevin's, um, Kevin's younger brother, Kyle, he was could rip on a motocross bike and I think Kyle still rides and everything. Kyle's actually, I just found out he's coming to our charity ride day, April 16th day after supercross. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's coming out, which would be cool as I haven't seen him in years, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of, didn't you have a big announcement, a big name? Yeah. So we, we've got a couple of like, um, verbal confirmations like i know josh hill said he was going to come to our charity ride day this is our first our first year of doing this um it's a charity ride day where uh the proceeds are going to go to the uh wings it's it's red bulls wing wings for life and it's basically like a spinal cord uh found research foundation so um it's a good cause um and you know selfishly it's more like I just wanted to put something together because I'm just a huge Moto fan. So any reason <laughs> I can get like to get yeah. people Moto people to come out and ride is amazing. But um, but like I said, it goes to a really good cause. Um, Josh Hill has done a, a verbal. Uh, I just found out Aaron Plessinger did a verbal to come out. So yeah, man. I mean, and I'm sure like once we get closer to the actual race. I'm sure people will talk more and, you know, and it'll be like, Oh, I'm going to do this thing or whatever. So I imagine we'll probably get a few more good, you know, good names to come out. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm just, I'm excited because 
I feel like mountain biking and moto, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, a lot of people that ride moto ride mountain bikes. Even just to train. Yeah, 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 definitely. And we're hooking them all up. Like, so anybody, any of these guys that come out, I mean, you know, we've got, I mean, we're ready to roll, dude. We've got, like, bikes for them. we got helmets, pads, whatever the, whatever the fuck they need. They're, awesome. They're, uh, they're, yeah, they're taken care of. Um, we're literally rolling out the red carpet for them. Uh, Mountain Motorsports is um, helped with kind of facilitating some of this stuff, too. Kevin Kelly, huge thanks uh, to Kevin Kelly because um, Kevin's really, you know, he's been around forever. I mean, the fact that Kevin Kelly, uh, David Iser, uh with DMXS, dude, they were doing... And even Joey, because Joe was part of that yeah. whole mix too at the beginning, and even I was a little bit because I would I would do a character on that show. Um, but, you know, they were putting out these a, a podcast essentially yeah. in the nineties, yeah, before We're, there was ever a fucking podcast, dude. And it was like, like money just for him to send it through the airwaves there, because I remember talking about it, and he's like, bro. Crazy. We've got like this crazy server we got to use. I'll, I'll do all this <laughs> shit, dude. It was crazy, and they would do every single week, man. I remember they would have like, I remember, I remember like just like uh, clowning on like all these big riders. It's like Rick Johnson, like I mean, all these people. I would just clown on them, right? They like all these people would come on, and I was. I'd do my little character. Uh, his little character called Dan the Hickier Man. And I would just, you know, just talk a bunch of shit or whatever. And it was just all silly. But, like, these guys have come on this, this internet. Like, back then it was an internet radio yeah. show because there was no such thing as a podcast. And it's just so cool to think that, like, these guys that I've known for so long, they they literally pioneered this whole thing before it was a thing. Yeah. They're so modest about it now, too. Like, if you say anything to them about it, they're just like, yeah, yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, dude, I'd be freaking flexing so hard about that yeah. because it's it's freaking cool as shit. Yeah, they were definitely doing it way before the trend. Yeah. <laughs> and kept it going, you know. That's I was putting videos on uh, YouTube in 05, basically, when it came out. We started That's doing it. That's a long time, dude. But that was, it wasn't on my channel. They're on Paul Smith's channel. If you go back and look at his channel, the original videos, we have 60,000, 70,000 views. And everybody, I've gone to Mexico, I've gone to South America, yeah. and people knew who I was from all those videos. In my That's head, so we're just screwing around putting videos up. And then I, like yeah. I said, I went to Mexico, Mexico yeah. City, and this kid runs up and he just starts saying names. And I'm like, I'm like, what You're is like, going what? on? And then he starts saying phrases, and I'm like, what the hell is this kid saying? I realize they're all things that we said in the videos. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. He, like, doesn't speak English. He's just rattling off fucking things that he can say. Yeah. That's was, back when you were living. Yes. You were living that time, yeah. And and so you would go. Did you go to Mexico a lot back then? No. Like, I went to Colombia, like, Columbia, 10, okay. 12 times. Okay, because I remember 
Joey telling me something about how you were going out of country to like and doing shows and stuff. Yeah, I went to Columbia a bunch. I ended up doing some big like um, Suzuki promotional tour there. So we'd go back like every. I'd go like a couple of times a year to all these different cities. Were you riding a Suzuki? No. Okay. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd even go down there, and they'd get me, dude. They'd get me a Yamaha. And I would ride a Yamaha, and it was on the Suzuki promotional tour. Two-stroke, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Did you ever flip a four-stroke? Yep. The last okay. year that I rode, um, I switched to a 450, and actually, I didn't, I said I was never going to flip one, and I didn't yeah. for the first however long, like probably 10 months or something, and then... Uh, these flip shows that I always did came up and I just was like, ah, fuck it. And I committed to doing it. I had flipped twice on a 450 into a pit. Uh, the first one. Was I, it weird or? Huh? Was it weird? Because I remember, I don't know if they're different it's than they were better. back then, but I remember like early 2000s, like four strokes were really heavy throttle braking. Like it just oh, seemed, yeah. it was so different. But you just turn your, um idle up a little bit you could actually control the way a 450 flew with your idle okay you know, like if you revved your idle way up it'd be like or you could like leave it down and stay but you could get it to like go flat problem is once your idle was up it was hard to stop because yeah. <laughs> wanted to like push itself yeah yeah <clears throat> but um yeah last year i told this not too long ago i flipped it twice into a pit over pulled the hell out of the first one. Second one was nose down. This was in October, and then I committed to flipping something at the end of January, or the uh, there was six events, six weeks in a row, starting the end of January. So I went whatever that is: October, November, December, January, almost four months, and then this ripped them the dirt out of the show. Dude, that, I mean, to me, it seems like it would be almost feel like you're learning to backflip again all over again. But no, I don't know. <clears throat> not really. It's actually, honestly, um, they have their drawbacks, you know, like give and takes. But overall, 450s are fun to ride on ramps because, like, basically, I'll tell this real quick. Uh, the first time I rode a 450 at a show, where's a monster truck show dirt floor and then the mon where we turn to get onto the dirt the monster trucks are back and they're like parking and they're going on and off of the floor so the floor dirt is kind of like breaking off onto the concrete polished concrete so now it's making all this dust so the fucking promoter goes over with a hose and wets down the dust on top of the polished concrete well if i was on a 250 i would have been in the corner clutching the shit out of it to not spin then when yeah. i got on the dirt the dirt was like play-doh basically because like yeah. whenever they bring like super crosses they're all like that because they brought the dirt straight in and built the thing well you know you work with dirt all the time yeah. wet dirt is like basically play-doh so th there was a rut as soon as you got onto the dirt all the way to the ramp it was pretty sticky and on a 252 stroke, I would have had to get onto the dirt and then clutch it again some more to get the motor to rev up. And I didn't do any of that on the 450. I was just like, so the torque, so the torque works in your favor. Yeah. Just like, you know, just roll it on. I've been yeah. on plenty of floors where people are going, we need to go back further. And I'm like, I cannot make it. And they're like, 
come on. And I'm like, dude, I'm sitting on my fender. You know, like, they, we do these agricultural, like, arenas or whatever out west. Yeah. And yeah. instead of it being, like, real soft normally, they would just bring a roller in, wet the floors, and then compact it with a roller. But you roll, you throttle well, across that. Like a sponge, probably, right? No, it was hard. But the problem is, oh, as soon well, as you ride, yeah. it ac- ride across it a couple of times, now you've got all this dust or, like, gravelly uh, stuff on the top. So now it's just, like, fucking ice again. So we yeah. were at some place, and I'm like, I am having a hard time. And they're like, come on, dude. And I'm like, go down to the corner and watch me come out of the corner. And I go, and I'm sitting on my back fender. And I would come out of the corner and just be like, but who's saying come on, dude? Though? The other guys on 450s, they're like, just fucking, we can go uh, further back. And I'm like, I cannot go any further. I'm barely getting over it as it is. And it's just. You, I mean, you are like, you're a pioneer of the, the early days of uh, freestyle. Like, a little bit. That's pretty fucking cool. I appreciate that. As far yeah. as, especially as far as the ramp game. Nobody was really, I had literally like the third portable ramp set up, maybe in the world. As far as I knew, there was um, the music tour. What the hell was it? The, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, um, shit. Dude, I know. It's just surprise. It's a punk music tour. Warp yeah. tour. Warped tour, yeah. I, and I don't, they had a uh, tiny wooden landing, which was, those dudes were nuts jumping to that I thing. I saw that. That looked awful. <laughs> Dude, so I'm like, look at that Didn't landing. did Diamond or somebody get really fucked up on one of those? Um, like, like, a, like a, a hole or something was in it or something, or a carry heart or somebody? Somebody, I think they went through it. Yeah, dude, that, that looked fucking sketchy. And then there was Mark Burnett had a... Um, like a, a flatbed truck that he had extended, and then he put a deck over top of the cab. There was Mark, that. you know of Mark Barnett, the fucking old school? Yeah, no, there, no. He, this guy did race, but he's not the Mark. Barnett. He's like Mark <laughs> he's not, Burnett or something. He's <laughs> <laughs> like some alternate reality. Like, no, no, man. I wasn't Mark Barnett. I was Mark Burnett. He's like, yeah, I raced. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had a big... So Freestyle MTX Tour, or FreestyleMX.com, is okay. Mark Burnett. Okay. So all those uh, shows and stuff were Mark. So he had a ramp early on. Then I built mine. So as far as I know, I'm pretty sure I'm the third person to have a full portable ramp set. Definitely yeah. the first on the East Coast. That's the other thing I do remember too from that time. Um, what well, I remember, I remember Joey telling me about you having like your own setup, and um, I just thought that was like cool shit. I was like super intrigued by that. Yeah, man. Um, and at the time, I think when you were here, I say here. Well, yeah, because in, in Georgia, um, yeah, I was just like I was on the road all the time yeah all the time you would pop up every once in a while and then that would yeah be- it was a while. I, would come, I would come pop up but yeah um yeah it's crazy dude it's just man, man it makes me feel old oh i hate i hate thinking about like how long ago that was a long be. time ago jared doesn't seem like that long <laughs> sometimes it doesn't 20 years ago 
Fuck, dude. Damn it. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like an old dude. <laughs> Getting there. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up because I got to go to sleep to go to work tomorrow. What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, I don't know. I try to get up at like 7.30-ish, but you know, some, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. See, the fiance yeah. gets up at like 4.15, so I... Um, really? Yeah, because she does yeah. uh, shipping or like, um, okay. like a warehouse, so she like runs a bunch of brands and ships all their stuff out for them. So she gets in there at like five o'clock to route all these orders and bullshit and get everything taken care of before people get there. So I get up at like, if I go back to sleep, I'll sleep till like six thirty. <laughs> That's a good. I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm man. Yeah, that sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> when I do comedy, I um make sure I get comedy a nap in that day. I get a nap in that day. And then that way I can stay up until easily 11. Yeah, I've never been able to get a nap. Like, I just don't sleep. I don't sleep like that. But um, at night, I finally started taking some meds where I can actually go to sleep, which I'm not a big pharma guy at all. But, like, it was either that or, like, die. So I was just like, all right, I got to do something. Not die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, where can everybody... Cat, you know, see your stuff. Jared's place. Yeah. So right now, Jared's place. I mean, it's not going to be comedy, obviously. Um, I haven't put. I haven't done. I, I actually just searched you and started looking at some bits before we got on, and I was like, or just like some stuff, because I literally all to be old, <laughs> very old stuff. Yeah, but I like. It's funny because when. I knew you then I wasn't like into comedy and like, I'm still not like a huge watcher of all things comedy. And at this point writing jokes, I try to not watch like that, that much because I don't want to have other people's shit kind of like start creeping into mine. Yeah. Um, but it's the same way. Yeah. Otherwise you inherently just start thinking in that pattern or something and you'll like veer off of a bit you know, that you never would have done before. Yeah. But it's funny just because <clears throat> I was never, I always thought it was really cool. And cause Joe, same thing, Joey's like, Oh, he's here. He's traveling there. And, uh, you know, like you would show up every once in a while, but like, Oh, I just went. And I was always envious because like <clears throat> for me to do shows, I got to take a bike and a ramp and I got to, you know, and you're just like, I'm just taking my bag and I'm going to yeah. just, my brain's got all my stuff in it and I'm just going to talk shit to people, <laughs> you know, like I was like, it's so much safer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not only is it safer, but he doesn't even, it's less expensive. He can just, he doesn't, yeah, less, <laughs> less expensive <laughs> he doesn't have to drag a motorcycle around. This is great. Um, it's it is more i think it is safer um i'm the only one i know of all the comics i know that's made comedy dangerous uh, i for whatever reason i've gotten myself into way too many hairy situations but like it's not normal it's, it's your adolescent you coming it. through yeah dude i don't know i just going don't back know. to your roots Eat, drinking 
I just, I don't know. Me drinking violence, it's, it's just never it's a good thing because I always end up getting myself into way too much fucking shit. But you got too real for them, is what happened. I got a what? You got too real for them. I don't know, man. They're in the middle of the country, just worried about cows and meth, you know? And then here you come. Yeah, dude. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But we're, we're all good. We're here. We're living. We're alive. And I'm, I'm doing good while I'm talking to you. <laughs> so everything's good. Everything's good. But, but, um, but yeah, so, Jared's place. Um, that's that's the bike park page, um, and then my personal page is just uh, Jared loves biscuits. Um, but but yeah, right now main focus is just trying to get the bike park. Just you know, uh, I don't know, putting everything into that, building trails, all that sort of thing. And then um, I w- I will be back at comedy again, but um, it's just taken me a little while to get to that point because there's just so much to do with this but i do miss i do miss it and um yeah um i'm i'm envious like with you right now just being able to get out and do some stuff and like get on stage and it feels good man it feels good to like just write shit down and go up on stage and do those things and iron them out i mean it's just a good feeling yes no it works and yeah, it's great. Then you put it in your holster. And you're yeah, like, I got joke. this butthole joke. Always works. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I applaud you, dude. Like doing backflips, doing jokes, taking chances. Man, it's like I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a yeah. I'm I'm just very supportive of all of that. Oh, I love the park. I love you getting back on a stage. I think I need to get down there, and we need to go. You do need to get there. I was literally that's my next thing is like you got to come down here because if you come down here, I can like hook you up with. I know a shit ton of people and stuff, obviously, uh, in the business, but like Atlanta specifically, man, I can like hook you up with a bunch of shit, and then also you you got a place to stay anytime. So. Anytime you come down here, just let me know. And right. um, also, I gotta get you on a mountain bike too, because we got we got bikes. Yeah, that'd be dope. Helmet, <laughs> pads, everything. Let's go. All right, uh, yeah. we're getting out of here, everybody. Thanks for watching. Leave some comments and uh, whatever. That's it. Let us know. Hell yeah. Rap.